Heavenly Father, we come before you in unity and we thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit on the cross. We thank you for who you are first, Father. For who you are is the reason why you do what you do. We thank you for the love that you had at the beginning for us. All the promises and blessings that you give that comes from who you are. And all that we can really do is say thank you. Amen. unseen, we give you all the glory for what you've done for each one of us here. Thank you for giving us the greatest gift, eternal life. But until then, Lord, prepare us. Prepare our hearts so that when we see you, it's like we never left you. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. We love you. But you loved us first and offered yourself as a living sacrifice to the world. Thank you that we are no longer slaves but sons and daughters of the living God. I pray, Father, today in Jesus' name that more of your truth becomes us. I thank you, Lord. I pray, Holy Spirit, you take over this meeting, as you always do. Speak to our hearts, so that more of us can become in the image of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. I pray that every heart is fulfilled today. I pray that any void that's in any heart today is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. I pray that their hearts overflow that they may taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. <clears throat> For all the people that gave um, to Africa, I, um, on behalf of everyone here, we are a family. I'd like to pray for you and to bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus. <clears throat> Whichever way you need your blessing from the Lord, I pray that the Lord blesses you. If you can open your hands. We thank God we are organizing the container and it's going to be prepared in a short time. But as we come together in the body, everything is possible. We are a body. And when there's unity, we can move mountains in the Lord. We raised the money and we got the funds now to purchase a container and all the people across this world are going to glorify Jesus Christ because of your obedience. But greater than obedience is seeing their hearts changed, that they can see that God is real from our faith. So I'd like to thank every person that gave to this. We give because the love that's in our hearts. Not to get a blessing back, though God does bless us. But we give because of that love. 
Father, as we enter your throne room of grace by the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus. I pray, Lord, that every person here in this place is blessed from you. I pray, Lord Jesus, today that not one of them shall lack any good thing. Most of all, Lord, we pray that they may know you. For out of that place flows joy, peace and hope. And I pray, Lord, that every heart is fulfilled in this place. That they may know you, the one and true God. That they may be complete in you. Because no blessing completes us. Only the blessing. It's you, Jesus. We want you, Lord. I pray from today, Lord, that you become the center of every life in this place. And I also pray, Lord, that none of them shall lack any good thing. You bless them in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can all sit down now. Thank you to the worship team and for the people doing um, the tech work. That's something that I cannot touch. So thanks everyone for um, serving God. That's how I like to say it. <clears throat> so who was here yesterday? Hands up. No condemnation. <laughs> you know, as a believer, I, I like to show my heart. As a believer, if I knew the way out of my troubles, I would run to hear it. That's not to force you to come every week, but it's to show you the truth that's inside of us that will allow you to get out of all your troubles. Right? Yes or no? Amen? You know, each one of us will take something back to God. Have you ever thought about it? That we are all going to return to our Creator, Jesus Christ. Each one of us here is going to take something back to God. Has anyone ever asked himself, what is that? What do you think you're going to take back to God when you die? What is it that you really believe that Jesus requires from each person here to take, part, to take back something that you left and you went to God? What's the greatest legacy you can leave on earth? Think about it. I ask you this. What's the greatest legacy we're living every day, right, on this earth? The Bible says that we are, we are, we are in this world, but we're not of this world. What's the greatest legacy you want to leave before you see the Lord? Jesus is the name. It's the name. What is the greatest legacy you want to leave behind? Someone can have a go. Love, winning souls, I 
I can't hear you. Everyone's confused. What's that? Testimony of Jesus. Amen. Everyone's quiet. What's the greatest legacy you want to leave behind? Children. Children? Amen. You know Jesus, the greatest legacy he left behind? You know what it was? Truth. Everyone believes in Jesus. Not everyone walks in the truth. Think about it. Jesus first recognized himself as the way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's the greatest legacy you can leave behind. That's the only reason why we're here, to live according to his truth. Right? That's why Satan is so busy trying to steal truth from our hearts. That we live for ourselves and the world and ripple effect. Today, um, I'll be honest with you, every time I hear from the Holy Spirit regarding um, preaching and teaching, I say, well, like, can it, that's like the, I can't preach any other message after that. And then the Holy Spirit lifts the standard again. Do you know why he lifts the standard? It's not about how good the message is or about me coming here and preaching. You know what it's about? More of the truth is inside of you. That's the most important thing. If I can say something honestly, nothing in me um, wants to be here on this place than to give you truth. I really believe every uh, believer of Christ, especially the ones who preach the gospel, have to represent Christ like this. And that's the pattern of the Holy Spirit, how he teaches. You know, they were singing their song, I Surrender. You surrender from what? What are you surrendering from what? You know, so many people sing that song, but what's your opposition? What's your opposition? What are you surrendering against? I'll get started. This is probably the most important message that I've preached. I've always had a niggle in my heart. Is it really about falling short and sinning and then asking God for forgiveness? Is that what it's about? I've always asked myself that. When I <clears throat> got saved, I started to pray and fast and read the Word of God and become a doer, strong doer of the Word. But there was something inside of me that was always lacking. And I can't tell you that so much of me, so much of me was pressing into God's presence pretty much the whole day. But there was a void inside of me. There was a place inside of me that I didn't understand. And I thought, like, the more I sit in his presence, the more that I'll understand him. But then I found um, this thing called iniquity starting to make sense to me now, that started to um, control me, or in a way, it was the doorway for me sinning, or a doorway for me to rebel, 
or a doorway for me to live in the place of unbelief. And I, I never understood it. I thought it was just sin in general. Can I ask you something today? If I was to ask someone this question today, how many people here feel like there's a void in their heart? How many people feel here today there is something missing inside of them? It'll be everyone, one way or another. And God didn't create us to be like this. He wanted the Father and the Son to come and dine inside of us and to fellowship with us. So when I understood what I was up against, I started to make room for God to come in and for that void to be fulfilled. So from this message, I'm going to bring everything to your attention of what's really happening inside of you. How many people feel here that they're going in circles? Something keeps repeating itself and you can't get your finger on it. And you think the more I go and preach, the better I'll become. The more I pray, the better I'll become. These are all fruits of walking with God. But there is something deep down inside that God wants us to deal with. And when, when I sit in the Holy Spirit, he, led, he leads me to this teaching. I can't tell you how. I just sit down and just wait, and it just starts to come to me. So I can learn about him more. I don't want to learn about the fruits or the gifts or anything like that. I want to learn about him, about my heart. True? Because the worst thing you can do is claim to be a believer in Christ and have a void in your heart. True? True? There's nothing satisfying in that place. And I thought to myself, you know, the more I find different things about serving God, probably that void will be fulfilled. So prepare your hearts today. <clears throat> so there was three. There, so do you want me to go through it again quickly so you understand what I'm talking about? Or you all watched Bible studies yesterday? Joking. <laughs> If you don't watch, you're not going to understand what I'm saying today, but I'm going to explain it. We go to Psalms 32, verse 5. <clears throat> so, as you know, my message is on half an hour. So, just to like give you a heads up. <clears throat> so, I said here, I acknowledge my sin unto thee and my iniquity. Have I not hid? I said, I will confess my transgression unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. So it's good now how we're understanding here. There's three things that God speaks about, sorry, that David speaks about sin, transgression, and iniquity. All the translations in the Bible, um, they've changed the word. And you know what's interesting? If there's one word that you shouldn't change in the Bible that has to do with salvation, it's this word that they've changed. And when you find out today, by the grace of God, what it means, you get blessed in your heart. 
because the Bible comes alive even more. So I'll just quickly run, run, run you through it. Thin, thin from the Hebrew, it's it's chotar. That's what it means. Not the Lebanese one when you talk to the. It's the chotar. Sounds so similar. It's like the word crazy we use in the in the Lebanese language. So it means thin. It means to diff, to it means to miss the mark. So it means to miss the mark. Hebrews Strong's two four zero three. Um, iniquity, iniquity. This is unbelievable, because when I understood what iniquity was, I said, "Well, how much iniquity is still inside of me?" And I like to speak the truth. There's nothing to hide. Iniquity is from the Strong's Hebrew. Five double seven one, but there are two words that originate from. Um, there are two words that stem from this word. So this is the last word that's translated from them. But there are two more deeper words that I'm going to explain today, and it will bless your heart. Iniquity relates to the inner character and points to an intentional, intentional twisting of a given standard. Transgression is more of a willful sin, a willful rebellion against the given standard. So the word sin refers to doing something against God or against a person. It refers to doing the opposite of what is right, James. Doing something that will have negative results and failing to do something you know is right. Sin is the general term for anything that falls short of the glory of God. Sin leads to a downward progression that without the restoring power of the Holy Spirit, we all tend towards our sinful nature. Sin left unchecked leads to a depraved or corrupted mind where we naturally gravitate towards selfishness, envy, pride, even when we are trying to do good. Paul speaks about it. Now, sin nature leads to trespassing. A trespasser is someone who crosses a line or climbs a fence that he should not cross or climb. A trespass may be intentional or un intentional. You know, in the Old Testament, God even allowed sacrifices for unintentional sins. Trespass can also mean to fall away after, be, after being close beside. That's regarding Peter when he denied Jesus. Transgression refers to presumptuous sin. To transgress is to choose to intentionally disobey Transgression is willful trespassing. When we know, when we know knowingly, when we knowingly run a stop sign or tell a lie or blatantly disregard an authority, we are transgressing. Iniquity is more deeply rooted. Iniquity refers to a premeditated choice. To commit iniquity is to continue without repentance. Iniquity left unchecked leads to a state of willful sin with no fear of God. So one of the major factors of iniquity is it lacks the fear of God. And James answers that. That if you lack wisdom, let him ask God, for he gives you that fault finding or measure. 99% of the blessings stem from the fear of God in the Bible. The majority, nearly all of them, 
Jesus was heard from his father because of the fear of God. That's in Hebrews. <clears throat> so David sinned with Bathsheba. That led to the killing of husband Uriah was iniquity. So we'll go to Psalms 51 verse 2. Now, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach a treasure to you today. Sin is forgiven by God. Iniquity is not. Now, this is interesting because the way the Holy Spirit led me into a treasure into the New Testament. And this is going to bless your heart because God doesn't forgive iniquity. He washes it. And there's a, there's a spiritual treasure in the New Testament of how iniquity is washed. That it says, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. The doorway for sin was iniquity. The sin is not the issue in a person's life anymore. We can establish that sin and transgression is not the issue. Iniquity is the problem. And what allows us iniquity to take place, you're going to find out today. So it's interesting because iniquity is not forgiven, it's washed. And it's amazing how the New Testament inscripted into a, a little hidden secret for us to understand. <coughs> so the only thing that God cannot forgive is the final rejection of the Holy Spirit drawing to repentance. I established that yesterday. So the only sin or the final rejection of the Holy Spirit is you not laying down that sin before God that he can deal with your heart and cleanse you. Okay, we go to the different versions of the Bible. And please, I'm not promoting one version and degrading another version. Um, I don't do that. I'm just showing you. All the translations in the Bible, even the New King James. I read most of my teaching from the New King James. It's not about the, the different types of Bibles. It's the value in the Word. It's the value. When I understood that Word, the New Testament came alive and I understood what he's trying to say to me. So look at all the versions. Evildoer. Breaking God's law. Lawlessness. New King James tells you lawlessness. The KJV is iniquity. The Hebrew and the Greek lexicon and the Strong's concordance are iniquity. So I'm going to establish the word from the Hebrew alphabet what iniquity actually means. And you're going to be shocked today. We go to Matthew chapter 7. Verse 21 to 23. <clears throat> All your life. Hands up everyone who believes he in Jesus Christ. Hands up. Unfortunately, there are going to be people who Jesus doesn't know. And take this to heart. Because if he's given us wisdom now on earth to change. He gives us 70 to 80 years for us to get our life right. Right? 
So the, the, the age to live, according to the Bible, is 70 to 80 years if your strength endures. So we have all that time to get our life right before God. Someone thinks when I come to God, God uses me to heal, cast out demons, um, and to prophesy and do mighty works in his name. That's part of the kingdom. But God is after something more deeper. <clears throat> so we start with the first one. And, and believe me, this is a scary scripture. And I, I, I feel that a lot of people, they shy away from it. But you, when you understand what he's saying, you will apply it to your heart. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, they called him Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. <clears throat> Next one. Many will say to me in that day, what's, what's the day he's talking about? Which judgment day? Have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? Next. And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. So Jesus told them to go away from them because they were committing iniquity. When you understand what iniquity means, you'll be cut to the heart. And I thank the Holy Spirit for bringing this to my attention. I'm not after a good message. I haven't made a lot of friends. And I'll tell you the truth. I'm after God's heart and His truth. Believe me. I'm not those people that like to be the doom and gloom preachers and come like a sword. But I like to be comforted in the truth. And this is the most important thing for us. These people thought they were representing God. That's the most dangerous thing. They actually thought they were representing God. So let's have a look. So from this scripture, we can learn that they were doing things for God, but they were not doing the right things for their life. We can agree. They were doing good things for God, but they were not doing the right thing for their own life. Think about that. So the word iniquity and sin, they're separated 55 times from the ethod. Iniquity is spoken about 55 times away from sin. So they're two different meanings. A lot of people lack knowledge in this place. How many people believe that sin, iniquity and transgression are pretty much all the same? Honest. I thought that in the beginning. But when I started to look into it, and believe me, I'm not going into every word and trying to pick something where there is nothing. The Holy Spirit brings it to my attention. <clears throat> okay. So sin is the result of iniquity. Sin is the manifestation of iniquity. 
that the manifestation of you walking in sin it's because of iniquity. Okay. Let's have a look at this. So the root meaning of the root meaning of iniquity is aven. It stems from Hebrews two zero five from the concordance. It defines as an unused root word, perhaps meaning to pant. To pant means to breathe heavily, to exert energy through oneself resulting in evil, a falseness and unrighteousness and ultimately resulting in vanity. Okay. So go back to Matthew chapter 7 verse 21 to 23. So that a group of people were exerting energy on casting out demons, prophesying, doing wonderful works, but it's not recognized by Jesus Christ. They thought their, their results were good, but it resulted in evil, a falseness, unrighteousness, and finally, vanity. Okay. Let's go. This is where it gets powerful. <clears throat> Just before I go into this meaning here, can we bring up the verse, Psalms 38, verse 18? Now, this will shock you. Is that 38? 18. 38, 18. Is that 38, 18? KJV? Or New King? I think I got the wrong scripture. All right. Anyways, I'll get the I'll get the scripture out for you there, but that's not the right scripture. I think I made a mistake. But it's regarding anxiety. He shows in the Old Testament that the doorway to anxiety was iniquity, and it's, it's unbelievable because the scripture tells you that the, that how many people have suffered and struggled with anxiety, and he's showing you the doorway to anxiety is iniquity. And I'll bring it up here. I'm just going to find it. <clears throat> okay, let's keep going. So, <coughs> iniquity from the Hebrew lexicon, from the Hebrew alphabet, the word iniquity, there is another word that goes side by side. Are you ready to hear it? The word's vanity. So I'll give you a little heads up. You know how you read the book of Ecclesiastes? And it says, vanity, 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 vanity. Everything is vanity. That word's iniquity. It's unbelievable. It shows you that Solomon was building 
laboring in this world, building a kingdom and empire in this world, and he says, at the end, it's all vanity. Fear God and keep his commandments. So you understand the word um, iniquity? It stems from vanity. Sorry, it leads to vanity. And when you read the book of Ecclesiastes and it says, Behold, I done this, I built, I tasted everything, I tried out everything. At the end, it's all vanity. That word's iniquity. And it was unbelievable because iniquity leads to vanity. They go hand in hand. And it's everything got to do with this world. So it will make sense as I go. So the the definition the definition the definition is the use of the power within the loins for vain or other improper purposes. So this links up with Ephesians about putting the armor of God. It's actually unbelievable because it tells you why the armor of God is not sitting right on you. It's because there is still something in you that's part of this world. I will explain and bring everything to the light. The opposite of vanity is the power of the truth. So when you're coming to fight vanity off your life, it's with the truth. God doesn't forgive iniquity. There's something that needs to be washed inside of you so that iniquity can be dealt with. <clears throat> it's the power of truth. The agreement, the power of truth is the agreement God has spoken over your life through Christ Jesus. Now what's interesting is the word loins. Loins has a twofold meaning and it stems from Ephesians chapter 6 verse 14. It says, therefore stand having your loins girded about with truth. You see how iniquity is dealt with? The truth. That's why the Bible says, and you've probably heard it a million times, when you know the truth, the truth sets you free. You've probably heard it a million times, but when you understand it, it means when you walk in the truth, then you'll be free. So I'm going to keep going. So it says, therefore, having your loins girded about with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. So the definition of loins is where life is produced. The life in the male is the sperm, meaning that you can produce God in your mind. That's where life is. But you know what's interesting? How he always, remember I spoke about the seed, the word of God starts as a sperm, from the original meaning, remember that? Yes or no? Same thing with this. The sperm, millions start, only, only one makes it. So it shows you the battle that takes place. Does that make sense? Meaning that it's a battle. Only one will receive the price. That's why the Bible says many are called, but a few are chosen. Is God showing favoritism? No. They've been lured away with iniquity. 
They were too weak to fight the things of the world. They gave in to it. And they missed out on God using them. They missed out on God restoring them. Keep going. Now, this is powerful. <clears throat> so, the true definition of iniquity, are we ready? Is a mind altering or an illusion that came from Satan. If Satan can keep you in iniquity, then you're walking in an illusion. You were created to walk in the truth. Every single one of us here. But how many of us are stained with iniquity? How many of us here are still fighting for the things in the world? Or should I say it like this, are still a slave to the things in the world? Iniquity affects you from having true intimacy with God. Are we ready? 1 Corinthians chapter 13, you hear at every wedding. It's got nothing to do with that. 1 Corinthians, if you want to bring it up, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 to 6. Sorry about that, I put you off guard there. They're ready. He's speaking about love now. Yeah? Love leads to something. Love is just not produced by itself. So love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. It does not behave rudely. does not seek its own. It's not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. You begin to see now what held, what, what holds all the oppositions of the enemies of God, iniquity. He begins to read everything. It does not hate, does not envy, it's not boastful, does not parade itself. It stems all from this here. This word. And it shows you that uh, how iniquity is taken away from you because it's washed. How is it washed? When you rejoice in the truth. You begin to see. So when people quote that on their wedding... They don't know what they're actually speaking about. Because it's got nothing to do with that. It's about iniquity in the heart. And true love rejects iniquity only with the truth. You begin to see. Has anyone ever seen the word iniquity pop up every time now? Now you're going to say, well, like I read it, but I've just passed right through it. So, it's, so Corinthians, that chapter is about love. But you know what it says. What did he say at the end? At the end, what are the three most important things? Faith. Uh, faith. Love. Hope. But the greatest of them is which one? Love. Truth. 
love the truth. You can know the truth, but he's telling you, no, love the truth. Because when you love the truth, this is taken away from you. Does that make sense to everyone? Are we on the same page? Yes? Do you understand now why I said the greatest of it is love? You can know the truth. It doesn't mean you love the truth. He's saying love the truth and the iniquity will be taken away from you. You understand Paul's teaching now? I'm slowly beginning with the, with the scraps. So when he said faith, hope and love, he's saying faith tells you that God's word is true, but it doesn't mean you love it. He says now you love it and iniquity will be taken away from you. Then true intimacy will take place with you and God in your heart. <clears throat> so let's let's have a look at this. Ephesians chapter six verse eleven. It says here, put on the full armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That word there links up to iniquity. It's a mind illusion. Satan, when he comes to you, the only way he can dismantle you, the only way he can dismantle you is with the illusion. But deeper than that, he has a word, it's iniquity. The only way he can enter is when, is when there is an illusion that takes place in your mind. He cannot come when truth is there. He can try, but when you stand in the truth, he has to leave. It's actually the only way he leaves. When he comes and he finds truth in us, there is no place for him to rest. He has to leave. He's not allowed to stay. But iniquity in general, it's everything in this world. Some people look at Satan as fear or torment or worry or anxiety. It's everything in this life where pretty much you can be a slave to anything outside of the truth. And someone may think, you know, like, it's not that bad. But anything outside the truth is an illusion from the devil. And it's simple. So now you understand First Corinthians? Love the truth. So the doorway to disorder in your life, how many people are living in disorder now? How many people are living in defeat, in failure? How many people are struggling mentally, emotionally, physically? That, that's the meaning. That's the, that's the cause. It's because you're lacking the truth. And I thank God how the Holy Spirit allowed me to see the First Corinthians Love the truth. When you love the truth, truth protects you. It's, it's simple. 
Satan's plan is to turn the mind of God off and to turn his mind on in you. That's the only way he can begin to dismantle and to attack you. And I shared on Sunday how so many people, they've seen men of God before, they've seen people in the faith struggle, and they think, what hope do I have? If they stood firm and they were so strong, what hope do I have? I'm nowhere there. And, and if that's what they're going to go through, then I might most likely go through that. It's a lie. So you can't source truth from anyone but God's word. Because if God's word says something for your life, then it's yours. So, so the only one you can hear from is not anyone's situation, not anything that anyone else has gone through. If God says something, it will come to you. The Bible says all his promises are yes and amen unto the glory of Christ. But they are yes and amen when you reject iniquity. That's when they're amen. We go to Isaiah 59 too. You know what's interesting? A lot of people tell me, you know, you, you, you can't keep going to the Old Testament. I go to the Old and to the New because it just confirms itself. So what blocks us from having intimacy with God? Look. But your iniquities have separated you between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. How many people don't hear God? I got attacked three or four years ago when I preached a message that my sheep, they hear my voice and they follow me. And someone says to me, if I don't hear his voice, I'm not his sheep. I said, you answered yourself. If you're not hearing from God from day to day, then you're hearing from Satan to keep you in your iniquity. Because either one occupies you or the other. If God occupies you, then you hear his voice. Simple. So here, so you know what the Bible says? Man shall not live on bread alone. Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, rhema, inspired for that day, meaning God has a word for you every day. What blocks you is the iniquity. You know what iniquity says? That my desire is somewhere else. Or my treasure is somewhere else. Or my time is somewhere else. That's how iniquity sounds. And the Bible says, wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be. Are we on the same language? So if you're not hearing from God from day to day, um, I'll tell you the truth. That iniquity, unfortunately, is driving you. The way that I started, I started like this. I started struggling, being challenged, going through these things of preparing my heart to hear from God. 
So when I speak to you like this, I started in this way. But I prepared my heart because I wanted to hear him. So how does vanity echo in the Bible today? We go to First John. I can read it. You don't have to post it if you don't want to. First John chapter 2, verse 16. Now this will shock you. First John, I think put it up. Put it up so they can see. First John chapter 2, verse 16, then I'm going to read onwards until I tell you to stop. John exposes the Antichrist. John the Beloved exposes who the Antichrist is. Shock you. Because so many people have accepted the Antichrist and they don't even know it's the Antichrist. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abides forever. Next. Ready for the punchline? Little children, it is the last time. And as you have heard, that the Antichrist shall come. The three things. Are we getting it or we're not? The Antichrist is the lust of the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. Look what he says. It is the last time, as in we're in the last minutes before Jesus comes. And as you have heard that the Antichrist shall come, even now there are many Antichrists whereby we know that it is the last time that were days hour. So if they were in the last hour 2,000 years ago, you think we're still in the hour or we're in the minutes? We're in the minutes now. And he's showing you that the more you give yourself into this world, iniquity is flowing through you and separating you from having true intimacy with God. How many people want to hear from God every day? How many people? How many people want to hear God's voice every day? He wants to speak to us every day. Believe me. He wants to speak to us every day. And hearing his voice is better than any other voice in this world. It is the greatest joy to hear the Holy Spirit speaking to you every day. I can't tell you. Even in difficult times, in different seasons, but there is one thing that I thrive for, is to hear God. Because if I can hear him, then he's directing me. The worst thing is to go through trials and challenges and circumstances and there's no voice. True? That's where so many people start to let iniquity begin to direct them. So the Antichrist is those things. Yeah. Let's go to New Testament. 
2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19 to 22. Very alarming description. Ready? <clears throat> now look, this scripture is a scripture showing you what blocks God from using you in this world. Right? So for all the people here, I say this in love, what blocks God from operating in your life to the fullness is iniquity. Now, it explains itself. It says, nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands. Having this seal, the Lord knows those who are his. And let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Condition. That's a condition. Let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. That's from the New King James Version. Thank God that didn't change that one. We go next one. Now look now. He's showing you <clears throat> iniquity, what it does. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood, clay, and some of honor, and some for dishonor. He's showing you iniquity produces dishonor. Next one. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself against what? Iniquity. From the latter, he'll be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. You understand now? What does... What does iniquity, how is iniquity dealt with? Sanctify. What did Jesus say? Sanctify them with your truth. The truth is what takes iniquity away from you. And the more you eat his word and you put it into practice, the more iniquity begins to die inside of your heart. So that's the scripture regarding iniquity. You start to see now? It's got nothing to do with sin. It's the system of the world. You begin to see now, the Antichrist is a system of this world. System. It's a teaching. Who told you you have to be a slave to your job every day? Who told you you have to be a slave and run around and try to organize yourself so when you're tired you can relax? Who told you all these things? It's a system. You begin to think. Because that system demands your time. And when your time is demanded, there's no more time for God. It's simple. Let's go to Psalms 119, verse 133. Now, this is the, how you deal with iniquity. Remember what they said in Psalms, wash my iniquity, it's not forgiven. The blood of Christ forgives your sins. Amen? But iniquity is not forgiven. It's something that you have to put on. You have to put on the truth. You have to put on the helmet of salvation, the truth. 
the breastplate. You have to put these things on. You have to clothe yourself. In Revelation, it speaks about it, that his robe was dipped in the blood and his name is the word. His name is the word. You have to put on the word every day. Look what it says here. It says, order my steps in thy word and lot and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. You begin to see what deals with iniquity? What deals with iniquity? The word of God, the truth. And why so many people cannot fight iniquity from their lives? Because they're not established in the truth. Hosea tells you, all six, my people are destroyed because of their lack of knowledge. Knowledge was given to you to fight everything, fight any foreigners or intruders from entering your heart. You understand? Truth was not given for any other reason but to fight any foreigners from your heart. You see all the great wars in the Old Testament? Foreign gods and foreigners entering. It's about devil trying to enter your heart. We go to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 24. It says, Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Now, I'm not trying to establish anything with the husband's wife. I'm trying to establish something else. So we get to the next scripture. Husbands. Love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Next. That he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. Remember what David said? Wash my iniquity. He left a secret that had to be revealed in the New Testament. The way that iniquity is dealt with your heart is when you wash your heart with the word. So how many people, how many people today know the truth but don't love the truth? <laughs> Ask yourself. How many people know the truth but don't love the truth? If there's one message I want to preach today, I preach this. How many people know the truth but don't love the truth? Because if you don't love the truth, you really don't love Jesus. Because he is the truth. Think about it. When you love the truth, truth will protect you. We'll close off with Samuel, 2 Samuel, chapter 22, verse 24 to 27. Just the challenge, I challenge everyone here today, how many people know the truth but don't love the truth? Now look, <clears throat> look at the blessing from God. And I can get it from the old and the new. I was also upright before him. Who, before who, sorry? 
Before who? Before God. He was upright before God. And have kept myself from mine iniquity. Next one. Therefore, the Lord hath recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness in his eyesight. With the merciful, thou wilt show yourself merciful. Pay attention now. With the merciful, thou wilt show yourself merciful. And with the upright man, thou wilt show yourself upright. This is God showing that whoever is merciful, God will show himself to that person with the same measure. And he's showing now for the person who is upright, God will show himself to that person upright. Next. With the pure, you will show yourself pure. This is God. And with the froward, you will show yourself unsavory, mean, meaning a corrupted mind. So you can probably, if we can probably get that in the New King James, this one here, that scripture. That's like way off. With the pure, is that in New King James now? All right, with the pure, you will show yourself pure. And with the devious, you will show yourself rude. So this is the scripture now. So with the person who walks in iniquity, God shows himself rude with that person. Meaning they can't enter his rest. Because their heart is, is, is in the system of iniquity. Does that make sense to everyone? So what is God asking from you today? Do you need a prayer? Do you need a breakthrough? Do you need things to change in your life? The root problem is not the fear or the anxiety or the problems or the situations or the trials or the challenges. The problem is the iniquity that causes the sin. We are understanding? The problem is not you coming here every single way getting prayer. The problem is deep-rooted things in your heart. And I say this for your benefit so you can grow. Today, like I said, iniquity has, is causing havoc from people having true intimacy with God the Father through His Son and the Holy Spirit inside of us. So many people know God, but they don't hear God. So many people know the truth, but they don't love the truth. There are deep questions you've got to ask yourself today. And it's the truth. So many people know Jesus, and they know that he is the truth, but they don't hear him. So many people, so many people are, are, um, are, are doing God, doing ministry, doing good things, but they don't hear God. The problem is the iniquity. And when you let the Holy Spirit begin to deal with these things through the Word of God and truth is established in you in every way, guess what happens? You prepare a vessel for God to sit and to speak. And this is a process in itself. But are you in the process? Are you in the process? How many, knew, how many people knew about iniquity? 
How many people knew about iniquity? Anyone? No? You see? You see now, you see iniquity? How many people think, okay, when I sin, I'm just going to ask God for forgiveness? No. Iniquity is the inward change where his nature becomes your nature. And sin no longer takes place anymore because your nature has become God. Right? When your nature is God, when your personality is Jesus, when, when the, the fruits of the Spirit are flowing and operating through you, guess what happens? Sin will no longer have dominion over you. It will not. And this is the most important thing that I want to ask you today. Are we ready to understand what God needs to work on? Iniquity of our hearts. And what does that, how does that take place? Every day you're feeding on His Word. Every day you're hearing your heart to see what it's really speaking, to see what it's really um, uh, fulfilling or it's desiring. You begin to see what is my heart really wanting in life. You begin to see. Some people think that, okay, like I want to be established. I want to um, settle down. I want to focus on myself. But when you begin to see behind those doorways, there is fear. There is a lack. There is a trust. There is um, pride. There is a rebellion. Behind all those thoughts, there is something else that speaks. And you know what it says? That I'm going to trust myself. <laughs> you know, the hardest thing in my journey, and I like to open up and speak, was letting go. The hardest thing for me in my journey when I started was letting go. But you know the moment that I let go, God showed himself to me. And it was the greatest joy that ever entered my heart was letting go of my greatest fears. And this is so important for, for you to understand. The moment I let go, I let go. And I said, Lord, I want you to show yourself to me. And while I was waiting in all those seasons, God started to show me the iniquity of my heart. He started to show me the lack, the fear, the doubts, the insecurity, the pride, the rebellion. When I don't get my way, what happens to me? I started to see all these things inside of me. You know what happened? I started to hear my heart. Some people say it's the devil. No, I started to hear what's in my heart. And then I started to bring that to God. So iniquity leads to, leads to that word chaos. I said it yesterday. Iniquity leads to chaos. So when iniquity is dealt with, guess what happens? All that comes back into your life. The two things I'll leave with you today. You can know the truth, but do you love the truth? Because when you love the truth, iniquity is taken away from you. And that's all I'll be leaving with you today. You can know the truth, you can be registered in your mind, but whether you love it, it's a different thing. And Paul, Paul nailed it. Paul nailed it when he said, but the greatest of them is love. You love the truth, iniquity is moved away from you. You have true intimacy with the God. How many people have a void in their heart? It shows itself at times, and you're doing everything you can to hide it. Deal with it.
Open your heart. You see the Holy Spirit, how he's been working? Me and Tony don't preach about anything. We don't even talk about what I'm preaching, who he's preaching. And the Holy Spirit is just clicking everything together and allowing us what? To be complete in Christ. That's the whole point of this teaching. It's for you to be aware what you're dealing with. Because the worst thing is in life, you're dealing with something you're not aware of. True? The worst thing. Not having clarity about what God's doing in your heart allows people to doubt and fall away. And it's true. How does someone fall away today? Discouragement. The biggest one. Discouragement is taken away. People have no more hope. Try to pray when you have no more hope. Try to believe when you have no more hope. Crushed. So let God operate in your heart. Bring these things into the light. So today, the question I ask you today, and I'll say it again, you can know the truth, but do you love the truth? I'll leave that with you. Let's pray. I'd like to pray for every person here today. We're going to ask the Lord Jesus Christ that he gives us the grace through his wisdom to love the truth. Amen. So if we can all pray, we'll pray together as a family. The Lord Jesus wants to know us. But the Bible says without faith it's impossible to please him. He needs faith. And what blocks faith is the doorway of iniquity. Father, in Jesus' name, we come before your throne of grace, Father. Let our words be true to you today. And let our worship be the sweet aroma that reaches you. Lord Jesus, we pray today. You said when two or more agree on something on earth, it shall be done in heaven. Father, in Jesus' name, over this body that is here and over every member, I pray by the Spirit of grace that you remove iniquity from our hearts. Give us the faith through the washing of the word so that we can hunger after you through your word, that we can be cleansed. And we can be the same as you. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, I pray that this treasure falls into our hearts so that we may truly worship you, Lord Jesus. So that we may truly walk in the fullness of God being expressed in Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Father, in Jesus' name, we repent of any iniquity that we have walked with, walked in, that has been against you. I pray, Lord, that today that your grace comes upon us, that we can identify all these things in our hearts so there are no more blockages between us and you. We thank you, Jesus. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you wash us from iniquity today. And allow our hearts 
to truly be the heart of Christ through the Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord, that your nature becomes our nature. Your personality becomes our personality. Your kingdom becomes our kingdom. That your glory becomes our glory. That your purpose becomes our purpose. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming. We care for you in this place. And we love you in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray that you may understand this more and more. That we care for your heart. We care for your well-being in Christ. Amen. <laughs>